0: Welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm your host today on this Discipleship Podcast. If you're just hopping in uh, for the first time, big welcome to you. One of the things that we want to do at this podcast is talk about um, some complex things in such a simple way. We just get it. And so often we overcomplicate stuff when it comes to faith and Jesus, the Bible, prayer and all that. We just want to really strip it back. Uh, So welcome. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, journeying with us in this way. Now, today's episode is something that this will be one of a few uh, that we'll talk about. Uh, But sometimes we struggle to always understand quite what's going on uh, in the Bible because it is layered. And, you know, you've got the surface level story that is happening, and then you've got these deeper layers going on. And and sometimes a story repeats itself. Um, so you realise, oh, hang on, this story is actually about that story. And what happens here also happens there. Uh, and And sometimes kind of understanding the bigger picture can really help. Now, on a simple level, every story in the Bible speaks for itself. You can read it as it is on the surface. And I think God will always speak to us uh, through uh, kind of simple stories. But sometimes there are uh, little treasures hidden in the story that if you spot it, you know what's going on, Uh, it will suddenly make sense, maybe in a way that you've never understood before. So today we're gonna look at uh, what I would describe as a little key that could just unlock something for you Uh, when you read the Bible. So friends, uh, welcome to Making Disciples, welcome to this new podcast as we explore a key that might just unlock the reading of the Bible for you today. So here we go, let's jump in. If I was to ask you a question as we start today, you know, how does God speak to you? Does God speak to you in a particular way? I I really believe that God wants to speak to all of us. But the way that God speaks to us is different because we're individuals. And God knows each of his kids needs a different way of speaking. And what I want to give uh, you today is just, I think, one of the ways that I've learned God speaks to me. And because God sometimes speaks to us through riddles. He speaks to us through particular words. He might speak to us through a piece of music. Uh, He might speak to us through pictures. Uh, He might speak to us through friends and family. So there's lots of different ways. And one of the fun ways I think God speaks to us is through riddles. It's through making connections. It's through pictures. And it might be that there's a particular way that God has spoken to you before. So a friend of mine, God has spoken to them uh, on one occasion that he was the apple of their eye. Uh, Apple of his eye, uh, which means that they were a treasure to him. And every time uh, God wants to say something profound to that individual, uh, it seems to be that with it comes a nod to this phrase being the apple of his eye. And therefore they know it's God because he keeps using this little phrase through people. Uh, and, And God has these rhythms. And I want to kind of explore one of the ways that God might speak to you. It's one of the ways that God speaks to me, and it may be a way that God could speak to you. It's certainly a way that you might say, Lord, could you speak to me like that? So I'm going to start by reading from the Bible. And I'm going to go read uh, read through a couple of passages, and I want you to notice something. So we're going to start in Matthew, Matthew 15, uh, verse 32. It says that, says this, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people, for they have already been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. And then uh, Jesus talks about them being hungry. And then this is the moment where Jesus goes on to feed 5000 people. What about this one? Mark 8, 2. I have compassion on these people. They've already been with me three days and they have not eaten. That's in Mark 8. And then Jesus goes on to feed 4,000 people. Luke 1, uh, 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. And it's after this that Mary goes on and has the miraculous birth. And you, you've also got John's miraculous birth. Luke thirteen seven. So he sent to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it away. Why should uh, it use up the soil? And then next in the story is a story of a woman who is healed. Uh, So there's a story that lasts for three years and the man has found no fruit. The next story is a story of Jesus bearing fruit. Uh, And healing somebody. So Jesus is the one that the fruit comes from. Notice that this happens uh, for three years. Luke 13, 32. It is like the yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it uh, worked its way through the whole dough. Now, take note in that passage, some translations put in a number. And some have taken out the number. Now, in the original Greek, and you'll see this in some translations, it'll have a little asterisk or a little a, and at the bottom of the page, it'll say, in Greek, three satyrs of flour. And what we have here is a situation where, well, what the heck is three satyrs? And the translator has taken out the three, and they've put in large amounts. So it's like the yeast that a woman mixed into three satyrs of flour. The yeast... Gets mixed with three satyrs of flour and it becomes an image for the kingdom of God. What about this one? John 2, chapter one. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana and Galilee. And it's at this wedding that Jesus turns water into wine. What about this one? John 6, 19. When they had rowed out about three miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water and they were frightened are you seeing a link yet let me just keep going john twenty one fourteen. this is how the now the third time jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead three times jesus then goes on to reinstate peter jesus appears to his disciples three times and then three times jesus says to peter Peter, will you feed my sheep? Uh, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep three times. What about this? Acts 2, uh, 41. Those who accepted the message and were that were baptised were about 3,000 in number that were added to the Christian faith that day. What about this? Acts 3, 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At what's it say? Three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon, Peter and John going to the temple to pray. What do we have? We have a miracle. Acts five seven. About three hours after his wife came in, um, about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. We have a little story in Acts five about somebody who's trying to rip off the church. And about three hours after Ananias had tried to rip off the church, then his wife comes in and she tries to rip off the church. And actually both of them end up passing away. Uh, And and there's a miracle there about God wanting a church to be clean. Now we can look at that on another occasion, but it happens uh, at three hours later. What about this one? Acts 9.9. Paul sees. At what time? It says, for three days, Paul was blind. And did not eat or drink. And then there's this miracle where Paul gets his sight back. Just a couple more. Uh, Acts 10, 3. One day, about three in the afternoon, Peter has a vision. And actually the story goes on that this vision is that God was actually putting a big blanket in front of him with uh, sausages and bacon on. And God was saying to Peter, do you know what? What I have made holy is now holy. You can eat bacon. You can eat sausage. Uh, That happened at a specific time in the afternoon, which was three o'clock. This even goes on to tell us in Acts 10, 16, that this happened three times, that this happened to Peter. And Just another example. Last one I'll give you here is from Acts 20, verse 9. It says, seated in a window was a young man called Euthratus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story window and landed dead. Weird little story happened. Um, He fell to the ground from the third story window. What happens next? Paul goes down and there's a miracle. The boy comes back to life and Paul keeps teaching. Can you see a link here in all these readings? the link is this number three and if you imagine that uh, a writer can give you a keyhole for a key to fit and that if you were to get the right key in that lock and unlock it you start to see the picture of what is happening here this number three uh, is a key that helps us just unlock the bible for a moment so There are different ways of approaching the Bible. There's an Eastern mind, a Middle Eastern mind, and there's a Western mind. Or you could say Eastern eyes and Western eyes. Let me just look at the Western eyes for a moment. So in the Western church, we have a particular way of approaching the Bible. The approach is uh, the words on the page are exactly as it happened. And therefore, you and I as a reader, we have to read it as that is exactly how it happened. An Eastern reader of the Bible doesn't see a picture or a word as a fact or a figure but they see a picture or a word or a number as a symbol eastern eyes middle eastern eyes reading the bible reading the torah and the old testament they see numbers and pictures as symbolic clues to something bigger that god is communicating western readers we see a number or a picture and we think it's a fact and we want to know uh, how does that fact work so let me look at this example here when you read through the gospels through the gospels you will notice that very often the number three is mentioned and following it is a miracle now ultimately the miracle that happened Linked to the number three is Jesus's resurrection. Jesus is resurrected on the third day. Therefore, uh, we know this number is linked to resurrection and is linked to life. So wherever you read through the Gospels and you start to see there's a miracle, oh, there's the number three. We, we can make this link between the key of the number three and then what happens. And it's almost like the writer He's writing in the Gospels, these nudge, nudge, wink, winks, where I'm about to tell you a story and the story is set at three in the afternoon. And it's like the writer looks at you and goes, wink, 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 wink. You know what is about to happen because at three o'clock or three satters of or three miles out. you're like, Oh, hang on. The number, the re- that resurrection number has just been mentioned. So there's a miracle that is about to happen. Now, a Western reader would say, "Okay, let's look at Lake Galilee. How far in could Jesus go if he's walked three miles? How far into the lake must Jesus have been? When an Eastern reader would go, who cares how far Jesus walked physically onto the lake? What we're being told is a massive clue that Jesus is about to do something insanely good. So, I want to start unpacking this idea with you that one of the ways that God speaks through the Bible is he's sprinkled it with this number three and this number three is a symbol and sign for you and I that something of the resurrection a, a miracle a, a thing that we could not possibly expect a death to life kind of situation an impossibility to a possibility is about to occur so take note so Approaching the Bible with Eastern eyes, there are these symbols dropped in that you and I can start to go, hang on, is God about to do something insane with us right here? So, friends, numbers and shapes and pictures are riddled within the Bible, and these display something of the resurrection of God woven into people's lives in these stories are symbols of the resurrection that are seen right under the surface as these nudge nudge wink winks and you know we could ask ourselves this question like right under the surface of these clues the resurrection is about to happen the resurrection is about to happen a miracle is about to occur could it be that God is practicing resurrection in your life but it's although the clues for God's work in your life and they're right under the surface and we miss them because we're not looking for them. Could it be that God is wanting to say something to each of us uh, that's right under the surface, that we just need to be a bit more attentive to, and then we might see what God is up to? Rewind back a sec. So in the New Testament, Every time you see this number three, you can approach it and say, hang on, are we about to see a miracle here of the resurrection? But surely, friends, that only works with the New Testament because the resurrection happened in the New Testament. Actually, back up for a second. Could it be that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day because the number three already had significance to the Jewish reader? Could it be that the third day of the resurrection was already God's nudge, nudge, wink, wink, rather than it being the start of the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So let me give you an example for a second. Let's just look at what a Jewish reader of 2,000 years ago would have thought of or seen when they heard the number three. So in the Jewish world, there are lots of numbers that have meaning and significance. So the number 12 would signify the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, The number 40 would take us back to the wilderness story with Moses and the people of God wandering in the wilderness for 40 days. Numbers have this meaning and significance. The number three signified uh, completeness and stability. Uh, The number three signified completeness and stability. Uh, the number three signals the fulfillment of God's plan. So woven into the Jewish mindset is that God already worked in the number three, that God is already at work in the number three. And the number three symbols completeness, restoration, fulfillment, and stability. And the uh, you know, the number three in in an image or a picture, very simply communicated in in the symbol of a triangle. And within some Jewish rabbis, some Jewish rabbis talked about the eternal triangle, the God who brings you back to the beginning for restoration. Remember a triangle takes you uh, on these three corners back to the start. If If you put your finger on the page and draw me a triangle, I'm not taking your finger from the page, you end up back at this place that you started. You've done the whole journey around. And and the triangle was, uh, for some rabbis, talked about as the eternal triangle of God. God always bringing you back to the place where you started because it was a place of completeness, and the fulfillment of God's plan. So let's just think about this. Where do we see this kind of rhythm uh, in the Old Testament? What about the three patriarchs? You've got Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Uh, You look at the Jewish festivals, you've got three major festivals, Passover, Pentecost or the tabernacles or some call it the festival of booths. Three centrepieces of the Jewish festivals. Uh, You look at the temple or you look at the tabernacle, you had three areas to it. You had the outer court, you had the inner court, and you had the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. So in Jerusalem, you had the Holy of Holies in the middle. Then you had the uh, inner court, which was the court of the priests. And then you had the outer court, which was the court for uh, those further out. So the, the, the temple in Jerusalem and then in the tabernacle had this rhythm of inner very inner inner and outer so again just another rhythm of this sacred three if i start talking therefore about the sacred three or the eternal triangle you and i as a christian uh listener would say hang on but we've also we see that in the father son and the holy spirit we see a god of the three i don't know if you know the story from the old testament where abraham and sarah visited by three heavenly beings and just another little nod there the number three appearing these three heavenly beings now uh, i would love to argue that actually they're not just three heavenly beings that actually it's a father son and holy spirit moment this is this is the trinitarian god arriving on abraham's doorstep but either way it's a symbol of god's completeness and his plans about to uh, kind of emerge. Uh, God is going to do something incredible through this guy, I, um, Abraham. Take note, because you've got these three heavenly beings uh, that are about to appear. Um, you could say, why is it that we're told that there's three wise men or three magi? Uh, well, actually, they're three gifts. So that's one reason. But actually, some of the Jewish thinkers would we say, well, actually, because it's just a symbol of God's completeness. Again, the number three being quite important. So God works in threes. Let me just give you a couple of Old Testament examples. Uh, Exodus 19.11, we're told at Mount Sinai, God was to come uh, down and give the law to Moses on the third day. What about Jonah one seventeen? Jonah was in the fish for three days and three nights. Now, some people might say, yeah, Chris, but surely Jonah is actually about Jesus. Jonah goes into the belly of the fish is there for three days and is then spewed out in the same way. We're told that Jesus is thrown into um, the grave for three days and is then spewed out alive there's the link between Jesus and Jonah. And, and we make Jonah therefore all about Jesus. Oh, friends, I'd love to say, no, the number three was already important during Jonah's time. The fact that Jonah is in the belly of the fish for three days tells me Friends, God is up to something here. He's about to resurrect. He's about to change something. A miracle is about to occur. Because it was the number three was always about God's completeness, God's wholeness, and God's fulfillment, and God's fulfillment of His plan was definitely Jonah going to the people of Nineveh and saying, "God Yahweh is." powerful and mighty. Um, so Jonah is in the fish for three days and I think it's a nod towards Jesus but it's actually great a greater nod to God's completeness of which the resurrection is a part of that completely. What about 1 Kings 17 21? We're told that Elijah uh, stretched himself out on a dead boy three times crying out to God. He said Lord my God let this boy's life return to him. The boy has died uh, there you have Elijah laying himself out on this dead boy's body, uh, praying three times and the boy comes back to life. Friends, woven into the Bible, at the beginning, the middle and the end is this number three, this this number com- about God's completeness. It's a symbol of resurrection. A miracle is about to occur. It's woven in throughout the story. And I'm giving this to you as a key. I'm giving it to you as a key so that you now too can look for threes. Because the the more you look and you take note, the more you see that there is always this miracle somewhere around this number. God is up to something. It's a sign of his kingdom. And God speaks to us through the Bible with this key of this number three. And friends, I want to kind of argue uh, that God does the same for me. And he might do the same for you. And one of the things that we've noticed in our family is that God tends to speak to us in threes. And one of the things that we're doing all the time is adding up uh, where we see God speaking. I'm going to give you a little example just to kind of um, kind of land this in a way that it might make sense. so a number of years ago, uh, I was with a friend of mine in Denmark visiting a Christian conference. We've been there speaking and teaching all week. And at the end of the conference, this guy and his wife come up to me and my friend and said, uh, we were praying for you and we just really felt like God wanted us to tell you um, that you are to watch the buses. You are to watch the buses. And I thought, that's that's bizarre. It's a strange thing for God to say, to watch the buses. I've never been into buses, never been into trains, to be fair. Uh, But I listened, I heard it, and I kind of parked it. We went on holiday. We came back in the September. I'm at a prayer meeting at our church and this lady comes to us and she says, Chris, I've just been praying and I really feel like God told me to tell you. Chris, had you noticed that the bus outside church goes all the way to Canning Town? That's interesting. That afternoon, I got an email. The email was from a guy who was a church leader in Canning Town. He emailed saying, I'm about to retire. Uh, the church that I've been a part of here as a congregation of three, uh, it is going to close. Had you thought about your church sending a little team to revitalise this church, essentially do come and do a church plan. So I took the address of the church and I put it into Google. And what I noticed was that the postcode of the church was an air's breath so close to the bus stop. The bus outside our church ran all the way to Canning town You got off at the stop and with a very short walk you were right next to this church in Canning Town. So God spoke to us through watch the buses. Have you noticed the bus runs to Canning Town? I have a church in Canning Town that's closing. Do you guys want to come and revitalise it? And suddenly it was like the three comes together. And friends I've got examples of this. Uh, Another friend of mine um, just questioned if they should be going to, to see a chiropractor or not. And She starts telling me about this chiropractor and I said, to be fair, actually, I go to that chiropractor. And that's the chiropractor that I I regularly go and see. She sat in uh, a meeting and she mentions chiropractors and somebody in this meeting turns to her and says, do you know what? I go to that chiropractor and I see the same chiropractor as you do. We then sat in a small group meeting We're talking about health, backs, chiropractors. She mentions the name of a chiropractor when the person sat next to me says, oh, yes, him, that's my chiropractor. I go and see him. So suddenly you've got three individuals all affirming this chiropractor and this specific chiropractor by name. And it was like, she looked at me and she went, that's three times. I've been told that this guy is good, is okay. It was like God was really just saying to her, I'm going to use this guy to do something. And actually, to be fair, he has. This chiropractor has, God has really worked through him. Friends, I have got example after example. This is the way that God has spoken to me. One of the ways is where he gives me three different things to all add up and show me this is me. I'm going to tell you three three different ways that this is what I want you to do. And I've got story after story after story. So my question Uh, for you is this, is God dropping clues all over the Bible and all over your life for something he wants you to do? Is God dropping clues? And therefore, are you seeing those clues or hearing those clues? Or have you not noticed them yet? Could you tune into the way that God wants to speak to you through clues? Do you see what God is doing in your life? Or are you missing what he's doing right under the surface because you've not noticed God's language? So friends, what is God saying to you right under the surface that you might be missing, that actually could change everything if you were only to take note? We have an incredible God who wants to speak to us all in differing ways and I just want to offer this one to you today as maybe one of the ways you could say God I'd love you to speak to me through that. We're going to look at some of these other numbers as well in coming weeks. We're going to look at the number 30, uh, sorry the number 40, we're going to look at the number 12 and a few others where woven into the Bible are some little clues into what is going on. Uh, I want to encourage you though, look for the threes. Look for the threes and see what God has to say and, and trust me you will find far more than what I have just mentioned I just took a splattering of a few to read out today but throughout the Bible are these three so I want to encourage you go looking for them be an archaeologist enjoy finding them and in, in a future podcast we'll look at some other numbers and where they're woving into the Bible as well but friends I, f- I hope you really found that helpful today. I hope you found it something that you weren't expecting and it's something you can go away and ponder on and think about. It may be you absolutely love this. It might be that you think, whoa, you've totally read into those stories. And I'm perfectly fine with you if you uh, think, maybe you just took that a little bit too far. Uh, I'm very happy for you to think about that. But talk about it with somebody. Uh, See what they have to think. But friends, until our next episode of Making Disciples, uh, massive grace and peace. Please do share do like, do go on Facebook and recommend this podcast. Uh, We want to see as many people as possible uh, growing in faith, falling in love with Jesus. So until next time, grace and peace.